Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Welcome back into hour number two of the early line. Rise and shine here on a Tuesday morning. Donnie Wright's out along with Kevin Walsh bringing that heat. And you know what we just talked about here? Some NFL action with three big-time running backs and where they wind up. Even a little Alvin Kamara talk. But one guy last year, Kevin, that we took so much pride, at least I did, in the city of Philadelphia, sitting out and getting fined, it was Ben Simmons and the Philadelphia 76ers before they shipped him off to the Brooklyn Nets in exchange for one James Harden. Now, as we talk about some NBA action and highlights, this story continues to come back to the forefront. Kevin, talk to us about what is actually Mm -hmm. taking place between the Brooklyn Nets, Philadelphia 76ers, and Ben Simmons. So the simplest part for this is that Ben Simmons and the 76ers were caught up here as Ben Simmons felt that the fines basically were unjustified towards him. Cited mental health issues that he needed to be away from the team. The 76ers, I think, got to a point where they felt like Ben Simmons was just refusing to show up and that it was unacceptable on his behalf. So they continued to try and fine him his salary. At roughly $20 million salary, they found a settlement agreement. I am sure Ben Simmons was hoping to get all of it. There is no way that happened. I am sure the 76ers didn't want to pay him any of it. That is also not how this played out here. The reason the money, I think, stays quiet is probably helps them actually come to an agreement here because I don't think the 76ers would want it to get out there if they, say, paid him $15 $15 million because that not only maybe looks a little bit bad on them, Don, and I'm not saying that that's exactly what happened here, but I think the Sixers would probably be more worried about kind of covering up here if they maybe lost leverage in these negotiations, but also what it could do throughout the league. I know the mental health stuff is a, is a bit of a tightrope to walk there because I know there's a lot of people that have soured on Ben Simmons to the point where they kind of don't believe it and I don't want to get into all of those specifics I think it's a little more complex than the time we have here but I'll say this Donnie if Ben Simmons was able to sit out an entire year or you know somewhat of it right and bring back 75 percent of the salary it could set a bad precedent throughout the rest of the NBA 
I think that's exactly where you're going with that one. I think you are correct because the reason to believe here is if the Sixers actually had their way, they would love for this to come out. Like, yeah, like I joked, we, he got $50,000 out of that $20 million. But the fact of the matter is he got a substantial chunk, which you're right. If other NBA organizations also see that, well, if I want to get my way, I could sit out, not come to work, and still get the majority of my pay. Maybe some superstars do head down that way. But also, let's take a look at this. We Let's keep it in-house with the Brooklyn Nets. And it's about Kevin Durant here. And I know I love to follow him on Twitter because of the stuff he sees. He's one of the few athletes that really gets angry and brings out the burner accounts. We're talking maybe if he doesn't get his way in Brooklyn, unnamed sources. Yeah, I heard straight from KD. He's thinking about retirement. Talk to me about this. So I really have to agree in that Kevin Durant makes this very easy on us, right? Yes, he does. But I love that the entire Brooklyn Nets team seems to be tweeting through this. Of course, Joe Sy with one of my favorite tweets ever, just acknowledging Durant's uh, not just trade request, but fire me or trade them aspect to his trade request that ultimately came in. Radio audiences here, by the way, on a Tuesday morning, Kevin Walsh, Donnie right side, the early line on Sirius XM channel 159. The interesting thing, though, with kind of Kevin Durant right now is the report was put out there by, I believe, Mark Stein. Kevin Durant is more likely to retire than not play for the Brooklyn Nets. Now, Katie saying that I'm not going to retire doesn't exactly debunk that rumor because I'm also pretty sure that Kevin Durant could have easily done a nice little thread here and said, but I'm also not playing for the Brooklyn Nets. It's actually kind of funny to me, Donnie, because I would actually tell you that KD would gain a bit of leverage. Wait a minute, this guy's going to think about retiring, man? The Aaron Rodgers move, right? And all of a sudden, the Nets go, all right, you know what? We just got to trade this guy. KD, everybody keeps doing the wrong thing with their tweets. Kevin Durant basically just came out and said, I'm not retiring. That's an empty threat. Don't worry about that. I'd at least show up if you don't move me. It's it's so baffling here, and I do it because you're right. He feeds into it more than anybody else, and quite frankly, come on now. Let's get some movement here, Nets. I mean, you're in the center of the attention. We deal, we dealt with Ben Simmons already. That's case closed. Now Kyrie Irving needs to be up next, and followed by Kevin Durant. Let's get this thing moving in the NBA before we even get to training camp. But before we get to training camp and after training camp, Kevin, you know what comes up? Opening night in the NBA. We're starting to get some views of who it might be, and it looks like, the Sixers and the Celtics squaring up opening night. Sounds like a good plan to me. Tell you what, there's two takeaways from this year. Now, one is tied to what we just discussed and the fact that you now have not seen any Brooklyn Nets scheduling details released up until this point. No Christmas Day inclusion, no opening night inclusion there. And maybe what the NBA is, the NBA is either assuming these guys are moved or at minimum saying, we are not going to be burned by them moving. The other thing, though, Donnie, is they like the 76ers this year. They like the Joel B. James Harden pairing. They're interested in this group. Noon Christmas option up against the Knicks and opening night against the Celtics. Those are big-time spots for the Philadelphia 76ers. Yes, they are. Maybe even the addition of Kevin Durant to juice things up. But you know what else juices <laughs> things up equally as much? We're getting the Sports Minutes update here by Rick Haro coming up next. 
SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. VR training platforms like the one developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International are helping surgeons train over and over before operating on real patients. As you practice each skill, the muscle memory starts to develop. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Let's get down to business. It's Kevin Walsh and Donnie Wright side here on the early line. And we bring in Rick Caro, the sports professor. Sports Grid Sports Business Analyst. Rick, I'm wasting no time. College football is on the move here, and there is a lot of talk around all of these major deals that are getting done. The Big Ten no longer partnering with ESPN, but a lot of money still getting its way to the Big Ten. What did you make of this entire situation here involving their media rights deal? lot to say. All the new commissioners, Kevin Warren, uh, Yarmark at the Big 12, uh, all the new guys are entertainment guys and media guys, and why not? Because the deals are approaching a billion dollars. So the Big 10 carves out its half of the world, uh, along with uh, potentially some of what's left of the Big 12 and uh, some of the kind of followers. And then that leaves ESPN to carve out the ACC ESPN's deal with the SEC and maybe the Pac-2, Pac-4, whatever is going to be left in the Western window. The point is they're positioning themselves for two monolithic, earth-shaking conferences. It won't be that, but it'll be close to that. It's amazing how much money is actually getting passed around now and also for secondary-type packages here as well. If we're flipping things over and looking around at ratings on TV, one of the greatest spectacles over the last couple of years in with what Major League Baseball did was the Field of Dreams game. The first year, Rick, had the New York Yankees and the Chicago White Sox. You couldn't have scripted it better. Perfect night, run scored, home runs, walk-off home run, into the night we go. Kevin Costner opens it up. Year number two, we see two lesser teams out there on the field competing with the Cubs and the Reds. And there's even a thought that I believe next year, we're not even going to have the game due to construction going on around the premises. Is this something Major League Baseball think about shifting around to another city to have a Field of Dreams-like game? And also, what were the ratings and were there any differences, Rick, from year one to year two here? A little lower just because of the novelty factor in year one. And you could call the Cubs and the Reds lesser teams. I would take offense, but the fact that they're playing 
300 baseball collectively probably for the rest of our lives. I'm not going to win that argument as a Cup fan, clearly. Bottom line is, of course, they're looking at different kinds of cities. They, I remember, played a regular season and then an exhibition game years ago in Cooperstown during Hall of Fame game. Whoa, the purists up in arms. But now they're looking at mobile events. Remember, they're going to go to London. They're going to go to other cities as well. They started series in Tokyo and Australia. And so if Dyersville, Iowa is constructing a larger facility to have it there long term, it doesn't mean it's a bad thing for Field of Dreams. It just means probably better in the long run. Now, the Field of Dreams numbers, I I mean, I guess it's all expectations based how disappointing the rating was. But for baseball as a whole, it's an attraction. People are excited about it. Do the other leagues look around at this? You know, the NFL, obviously, they have their London games. That probably satisfies a different niche. But could the NBA try an outdoor event, maybe insert that into their regular season platform? They were thinking about it in Palm Springs. They were thinking about it on ships. They've been looking at the plans in their war room. And you go in their files and you see weird stuff under W. There's a lot of that stuff going on. And so there will be a play-in regular season tournament, mark my words, in the next two or three years. And by the way, when you say looking around, they're already doing it. You know, the MLS with their MLS against the Mexican League. The gimmicks continue to be attempted until they work. The NHL, people thought it was folly with the Winter Classic until that becomes a staple. And now there's so many of them, people are worried about oversaturation. And so it is very clear that you got to do something beyond just have 900 million regular season games because one of these things has to stand out somewhere. But, hey, when do you think the Cubs are going to compete again? I think it will be when the sun rises in the West. I don't know about you. Spend some money out there, Cubs. Come on, big market team, Rick. By the way, talking about spending money on big contracts, Fernando Tatis, 80-game suspension. Now, I love it because the cover-ups are more interesting than actually what took place here. Did he get a haircut? Did he get ringworm from the barber who gave him a haircut? Why did he take the substance that he did take? But on the side of that, talking from a business perspective here, there's a $300 million contract on the table. Are there any outs for the San Diego Padres with this, or is it just 80 games, you deduct the salary, and you move on? Any repercussions that the Padres can come for Fernando Tatis here? Well, I will tell you that the morals clauses are kind of boilerplate, meaning they've been copied from team to team based on negotiations. And so it'll be very difficult to understand how he doesn't get his guaranteed money, even though we had the conversation a little bit before your Ben Simmons conversation during the uh, last segment, which was very well done, by the way. And we agree that fans don't like the idea of players not playing and getting a whole bunch of money that could go to somebody else or could come from increased ticket prices. Bottom line is this guy is no longer a Padre this season. He's no longer a Padre for the first 40-some-odd games of next season. And a lesson learned for teams that want to wrap players up in long-term, multi-year, decade-long guaranteed contracts. The morals clauses don't give you a lot of room, except little shameless plug. I'm in Boston today after this segment. We're going through in my law school class what you could do to get out of this. So I'm having some of the finest minds in the country, cheap ones, because you don't pay partners rates, trying to figure this issue out. Let me ask you quickly, Rick, I know you've done a lot of negotiating in your life. You've 
Uh, clearly, you know, beat our guys that have tried to negotiate you off of this show. But whatever, you keep showing up. Now, here's the deal. Lamar Jackson. Uh, Lamar Jackson is trying to negotiate for himself this contract with the Baltimore Ravens. Is that the holdup here? Is that why this deal isn't done? Because on the surface, this feels pretty simple to me. He's their franchise quarterback. Pay him as such. And let's move on with the thing. Well, you're partially right. I didn't try to negotiate off the show. I tried to negotiate your piece off this segment, but that that's wasn't right. successful. That's right. Uh, right? <laughs> so, 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 so the bottom line of all this is Lamar Jackson could put whatever deadline he wants on this, but it's not a real deadline. It's an artificial one. If he feels like with his agent that gives him more leverage because then everybody says, whoa, he's got a deadline, you better finish it. That's another issue. It's not the deadline as much as what he means to the team. And by the way, the Orioles are playing better now, right? And so they're looking at long-term stadium renovations with public support. So when you look at those two factors, Lamar Jackson may mean more to the Ravens now than he did even five or six months ago. Yeah, pretty impressive there, handling a hundreds of millions of dollars in between taking snaps, Rick. Now, also, when we talk about hundreds of millions of dollars, you know what's coming in? Californian sports betting. Looks like Major League Baseball is saying, hey, Get your acts together. We support this in California. Talk about the betting market of California and when maybe, Rick, we're going to talk about legalized sports gambling there. A lot of people in California. Oh, you want me to talk about more? <laughs> yeah. yeah. A lot of people in California. That's it. Yeah, I, I, that's it. Go to the next one. So when I was doing NFL stuff and we were talking about public money for stadiums, it was like, don't touch gaming. Don't touch casino sponsorships. It's off limits. Now... Major League Baseball supports Prop 27, which is the alternative on the ballot that allows, with FanDuel, DraftKings, and everybody funding it, remote and mobile gaming, which is going to be way ahead of the polls, predict it's going to pass. There's also a competing ballot measure, Prop 26, not surprisingly sponsored by the Indian nations, talking about betting, but only on Indian land and only with the four existing casinos. They'll get it done. They'll get it done big. And the 27 one, the name of it, they talk about homeless and they talk about infrastructure. And when the politicians figure out that they're already spending the money, you know it's going to pass. Quickly, Rick, with only a little bit of time left here, I know you'll take us out. Watson, what's our expectation on a final ruling here? When do we get word on what is going to play out for him this season? Well, the theory would be everybody tries to run and jump until uh, they get the deal done uh, before the season starts. I don't think the appeal is going to be moved by that. I do think the Steve Ross suspension was part of the overall strategy to say, you know, Watson ought to get more. And we'll see what happens. It is an in-house internal deal because Roger stepped away but appointed one of his uh, uh, relationships, a respected one, to deal with this issue. And we'll have to see. I don't know when it's going to happen, but people in Cleveland on pins and needles think of pins and needles. Come on, Green. You can't miss this next segment. Both of you stop. Bye. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Professional welder Shayna Ford used VR training developed by ForgeFX to hone her skills as a welder. The more time that you spend practicing it, that's what separates a good welder from a great welder. VR training can help students like Shayna repeatedly practice specific skills. Virtual reality definitely helps because the more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. 
Explore more stories like Shayna's at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Major League Baseball preview time here on Sports Grid. A lot of good games for us to get to. And it all begins, again, with Phillies-Reds. Excited to watch these teams get at it yesterday. Tough break for some of our favorite radio listeners there that laid the run line on the Phillies with a late home run that came in by Cincinnati to make that a 4-3 victory for Philadelphia as opposed to a 4-2. It's going to be one of the earlier games on the slate, though. Gibson's got the ball. He's a minus-180 favorite. Big time total here on a Dinger Tuesday at nine and a half. What are you thinking about this game? Yeah, maybe thinking some runs are going to be scored here, Kevin, because we take a look at Gibson over the past 30 days, a 5.75 XFIP number certainly doesn't help out. A K percentage, Kevin, of 11% certainly doesn't add to the equation. But get a look at this. It's one of those leap of faiths that you have. So I'm not necessarily in love with that Cincinnati Ruds roster at this point now. But if we look at Kyle Gibson's splits, we just told you about the high XFIP numbers, which means he's due to get hit. Why is that? Because if you look at his lefty splits, he's a right-handed pitcher, Kevin. 45 at-bats that he's faced against lefties, 266 weighted on base percentage, and an ISO of 146. To righties, a 269 weighted on base percentage, and an ISO of 085. So something has to give here. I do trust that Gibson should be able to work his way around this lineup. But the Philadelphia Phillies going up against Zuich, Zeech, Zuch, however you say it here, it's not going to be good news here for the Reds. A 5.69 XFIP number over the past 30 days. He's only faced 21 batters, Kevin. But out of those 21 batters, 14 from the left-hand side, a 414 weighted on base percentage. The right-hand side, a 471. The Phillies should do enough to score, but yesterday got burned a little bit. Four runs after five innings. I was sitting on a team total of five. The Phillies didn't score the rest of the way. So burning the run line and also team totals in Mm -hmm. this game. I think the Phillies will return back to scoring. Just getting a quick update here on the weather. 78 degrees, light wind blowing out the right field. So good hitting conditions today in Cincinnati. That Philadelphia team total today. Now you go five and a half. Plus 102 towards Ooh. the over, so maybe a five Ooh. appears throughout the yeah. day. But it's definitely a big-time number there. I do think the secondary part of this, obviously, you, you wish you got that team total yesterday, though. It's just the, you know, or I guess that maybe not the secondary. The, the big picture is the Phil's right back on the horse, right? You go up against the New mm-hmm. York Mets. You take, you take one of the games out of the three. You live with that. You got to win in a game that Max Scherzer started there. You Going back to Cincinnati, you have to win, win those games. It's exactly what they were able to do. How about Red Sox Pirates here making the card? Keller versus Pavetta. 
Boston, a minus 136 favorite up against the Pittsburgh Pirates. Again, there are certain games to me that speak volumes to where a team is like the Boston Red Sox. Nick Pavetta is this team's number two. I know they're on the road, but they're under minus 140 against the Pittsburgh Pirates. Just goes to show how far the Boston Red Sox have ultimately fallen off here. But maybe some value on the Red Sox today, or perhaps the Pirates are the look. Hey, how about a vice versa switch here? You know, we're going to talk about a little bit later in the show about the Arizona Diamondbacks and the ability, Kevin, to stack left-handed batters up against right-handed pitchers. Now, if we take a look at Nick Pavetta over the last 30 days, XFIP isn't that bad at a 4.3. Strikeout rate about 20%, walk rate under 10. So he's doing okay there. But look at the splits. Pavetta's a right-handed pitcher against right-handed batters, Kevin. A 304 weighted on base percentage, which is slightly below the minimum here. And also an ISO of 135, which is also below. So case in point, handling his business, right-handed pitcher to right-handed batter. But it changes a little bit here. Take a look at the left-handed batters over the past month. 44 he's faced, Kevin. A 443 weighted on base percentage and that ISO power number at a 243. Why is that important coming up against a Pittsburgh Pirates lineup? The ability for the Pirates to put seven left-handed batters in the lineup. Now, when you say that, all right, great. That's a great matchup against Pavetta, but you still have to perform. If we're looking at the lineup tonight for the lefties that are going to face Nick Pavetta, only one, O'Neill Cruz at a 211 ISO power number is elevated. Everybody else is below that 175 marker. So you do have to take those proverbial leaps of faith by saying Nick Pavetta is not a good pitcher. He can't get left-handed batters out, and he's going to see seven tonight. Maybe a sneaky team total here instead of going with the outright win mm. on the Pirates. Just take them to score some runs. How about that? Not, not a bad there. Look, on the Pittsburgh Pirates, team total is a four, but it's at plus 104. So perhaps a juicier three and a half could come available as the day continues. Total for the full game right now is an eight and a half. There's a lot of good games on this slate, but a big one it feels like for the New York Yankees here against the Tampa Bay Rays. Nestor Cortez has the ball. Total is a seven and a half. Look, Garrett Cole was good yesterday, but over the course of this season, I think it's fair to label Nestor Cortez as the Yanks' best pitcher. I think that's what he's been. You need someone to steady the ship here, and you'd say that's what Nestor Cortez should be able to do. But again, yesterday was not Garrett Cole's fault. That's the, I know that they got blown up a little bit in the ninth inning, but that was a one nothing baseball game nearly the entire way. And by the way, that one run had a lot to do with Aaron Hicks having no idea where the ball was out there in center field. This team is going to have to hit Donnie. Do you think the Yankees will be able to answer the bell here today and provide some scoring? They should be able to answer the bell, but I don't know how much scoring they're going to do, and quite frankly, scoring between both of these ball clubs as we see the FanDuel Sportsbook there post a 7.5 total. Nestor Cortez has an exit of around four, but he's still got his strikeout numbers up there, Kevin. Last month, about 30% of the batters he's faced, he has struck out, but also take a look at his splits. Nestor Cortez, a left-handed pitcher against lefties, absolutely filthy, an ISO power number of zero through 16 at-bats. Now, they've loaded up against him, as most Major League Baseball teams do when you have a left-handed pitcher with right-handed bats. He's faced 71 of those, Kevin, over the past month. How about this? A 220 weighted on base percentage and an 077 ISO power number. And we already know this isn't a great lineup that we're taking a look at for the Tampa Bay Rays. But flip it back over to the Yankees. Facing a lefty on the mound today. Springs, last 30 days, 3.5 XFIP number. Striking out about 25% of the batters he's faced. He's actually struggled more with left-handed batters than right-handed batters. If we look at those splits, a 338 to lefties for a weighted on base percentage and to righties, a 270. Well, the meat of this order is going to be from the right-hand side here for the New York Yankees, which is exactly what Springs' power points come from, where he handles his business. So if I'm looking at this game overall, should the Yankees win? 
Probably so. But I'm going to say if the Yankees win, Kevin, it might be a three to two game. How about it? Total seven and a half. Speaking yeah. of uh, over unders here, Springs, I strike a prop four and a half, minus 134 to the over. Up against the Yanks today, might not be a bad look. He has yep. routinely found himself over in the five-plus strikeouts markets right now, and this could be a number to keep your eye on as the day continues here. The projections are shining early. Orioles, Blue Jays. Do the Baltimore Orioles have the Toronto Blue Jays number here a little bit? Maybe mm. just Kikuchi's. 7-3, they won yesterday. Big-time dog, though, as Manoa gets the ball. But look at this. It was a minus 230 to open up here. If you're with us on the television side and you see kind of uh, the game board, we'll put it up there for you. This number, Donnie, is down to minus 205. Now, it's still a big number, but it just shows that people are willing to bet the Baltimore Orioles these days. What do you think here with Toronto and Baltimore? I think we might get some runs, and particularly from the Toronto Blue Jays side. Being up in Toronto for this one, Kramer will be on the mat. He's got an XFIP of close to five over the past 30 days. But when you always try to line up, the Blue Jays against opposing pitchers. It's almost like when you take a look at the Chicago White Sox. Ooh, lefty on the mound. I'm interested. But if we're taking a look here, righty versus righty is what makes the most sense. Because if you look at Kramer, he's done very well, Kevin, against left-handed batters. A 262 weighted on base percentage and an 095 ISO power number through 44 batters. From the right side, he's faced 47 batters, Kevin, over the past month. He hasn't fared nearly as well. A 404 weighted on base percentage and an ISO of 295 welcoming George Springer back into the lineup tonight to sort of be that catalyst. I think we got some runs at a heavy right-handed lineup today for those Toronto Blue Jays going up against Kramer. I think they can get those five-plus runs tonight to cash in a team total. That's where I'd be looking to go as opposed to laying that massive number on the Blue Jays. Yeah. Look, the thing is, if, if you're expecting them to be able to provide some runs, you'd hope that Alec Manoa then would be solid. Uh, Manoa mm -hmm. has not been spotless, though, throughout uh, the post-All-Star break, he's been solid. But again, we've seen better performances. But if Manoa's on his game, Donnie likes a team total over there for the Toronto Blue Jays. Maybe a spot where you can justify the run line at minus 104, laying a run and a half there over the course of this baseball game and hope that things start to break your direction. Another game that we want to get to here is Tigers-Guardians. Double header yesterday between these teams, and it was a split. So Detroit did well for themselves in that regard. But how about Zach Plezak being a minus 220 favorite right now on the FanDuel Sportsbook here up against the Detroit Tigers. The Cleveland Guardians starting to see themselves booked stronger and stronger. I understand they're going up against the Tigers, but still, they don't just hand out minus 220s to anybody there. What do you think today, think today between Cleveland and Detroit? Yeah, it's pretty simple for me. I want to go head-to-head. -head. I want to go please sack versus Hill today. Hill, the right-handed pitcher on the mound for the Detroit Tigers, really struggling, Kevin. And you do have a book on this guy so far. Last 30 days, he's had well over 100 batters that he's faced. An XFIP number of 6.66K percentage, Kevin. Just as high as his walk percentage, which is an absolute disaster. 65 batters he's faced from the right side, Kevin. A 405 weighted on base percentage and an ISO power number of 246. First five, run line for me. Guardians, they'll be up one after five. Interesting. All right. Please, Zach is an interesting guy as well. We talk about strikeouts. Could be the other way. It's a five and a half right now at a minus 140 number. Could this Tigers team hold serve over, you know, what, five, six innings? All depends. Uh, something you can keep your eye on, though. I think the juice might be just a touch too expensive. I don't want us to run through just yet and – knock everything down. So I want to set up a game that we're going to get to, which is a really important one 
from the futures market perspective. The Chicago White Sox are going to host the Houston Astros today in a Dylan Cease versus Justin Verlander matchup. The Astros are a favorite. It goes to show just how this team is viewed in the market there for somebody to be a road favorite up against Dylan Cease. But again, that's the power of Verlander right now. Huge implications for the AL Cy Young race. That totals a seven, as you would anticipate. We'll talk about the impact that this game will have, where it lines up, and plenty more. Baseball preview coming up here on the early line. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Ophthalmologist Dr. Strauss has seen firsthand how the metaverse is helping surgeons practice the procedures to treat cataracts. Cataracts are the primary cause of avoidable blindness. He works with a virtual reality training platform developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International to help surgeons develop the muscle memory they need. The result? More confident, capable surgeons. And even more importantly, patients who can see. Explore more stories like Dr. Strauss's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So... No, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. The legends are true. But overwhelming power. The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. White Sox Astros, biggest game on this slate. Verlander versus Cease. It has to be talked about here. You've got a minus 125 favorite number on Justin Verlander, not to win this game, but to win the Cy Young. Dylan Cease is plus 165 in this market. This game, Donnie, is going to have major implications. Let me ask you this. If Cease goes out there and does outduel Verlander, I don't know how significant it would need to be. You can make that decision for yourself there. I'll... Can Cease become the favorite in this market by the result of this baseball game? I don't think so, because we have to remind ourselves, this isn't, you know, Dylan Cease pitching to Justin Verlander, and that's the head-to-head matchup, and who wins it gets the title belt, right? I mean, that's not, that's not the way it works here. You actually are taking a look at this game saying, how is Verlander going to do up against that Chicago White Sox lineup? How is Cease going to do against that Astros lineup? So in theory, it really doesn't matter that they're head-to-head pitching and who wins the game. Because you could have another three games where Verlander gives up zero earned runs and Cease gives up three earned runs. And is anybody going to go back and be like, hey, remember that game that went head-to-head and Cease beat Verlander? No, nobody's going to remember that. So I don't think, regardless, unless, Kevin, 10 to nothing, Chicago White Sox over the Houston Astros, where Verlander gave up eight earned runs, that's the only way I see changes here. But if it's a close, hard-fought battle between really good pitchers on the mound, then it's four to three. I don't see these markets moving all that much just because it was a head-to-head battle. One guy won and the other one did. Well, yeah, if the margins are inconsequential, sure. Mm -hmm. But I can make the quarterback 
comparison that is very easy for anybody to understand. Brady versus Peyton. I mean, Tom's never picked off Peyton Manning and vice versa. But it's it's that head-to-head. It's your counterpart there, right? Jacob DeGrom versus Aranola certainly felt like Jacob DeGrom versus Aranola to me over the weekend there. That's how, that's how it dumped off of the page. Aranola answered the bell as, as well as he could. Jacob DeGrom was phenomenal. If Dylan Cease goes out there and shuts down this Astros lineup and Verlander has gotten to a little bit, here's where it can make the difference. All of a sudden, they are both booked at minus 105 to win the award. And now they're even and they're going throughout the rest of the way. And that is how it can matter. Is it going to be the nail in the coffin? Somebody says, listen, I ultimately think that Justin Verlander had a better year, but Dylan Cease got him head to head. No, I'm not saying that. But it can have an impact on the odds board, I think, depending how this game, because it can also go the other way, mind you. Verlander goes out there, twirls a gem, eight innings, scoreless baseball. This Astros lineup, which is an absolute nightmare to get through, Donnie, lights up Dylan Cease, who, again, by the way, has not given up multiple earned runs since the 24th of May. That might knock Dylan Cease back, who, for a long time, we weren't really talking about in this race. We are talking so much about Shane McClanahan versus Justin Verlander there. The odds absolutely can take shape here if one of these guys is dominant while the other struggles. Yeah, it could, be, it could help because a lot of the, the betting market has moved, quite frankly, a lot more from money perspective, means people betting. Because if you look at this Correct. game and you do say Verlander dominated, they're going to go to the FanDuel Sportsbook and press that button on Verlander. Hey, hope it doesn't move off minus 125 because I think I can get value. But we'll see how it plays out because we've seen these markets go in the exact opposite of what we thought. Case in point, just a few short, I guess like a week ago, Otani has a big night. Judge doesn't do much. Judge enhances his lead. So it's all a matter of where that money's coming into it tonight. I expect a lower scoring game, and we'll see who wins. But either way, I think it's inconsequential. But you're right. If we do have one of those market movers where Cease wins six to nothing, then you might see him start to take in some of that money, plus 165, plus 135, plus 120, and onward. It depends the coverage it gets as well, right? People, oh, I want to bet Cease because Cease maybe is the story of the night, mm-hmm. right? Where, you know, you know, and that race, again, it feels up for grabs. The Yutani thing for a while now has not felt up for grabs. We continue to move through this baseball board. The Braves, bit of a statement yesterday, 13-1 final score mm. against the New York Mets. Mets are going to look to bounce back here with Taiwan Walker against Charlie Morton. Totals an eight and a half, which on the initial look, felt a little higher than I would have thought seeing these two names going out there. But then you remind yourself, these are really good baseball teams with very, very good lineups. What do you think about Brett's uh, Braves-Mets here? I think the Braves are in line for another W tonight. And quite frankly, it might be an easier W than one might think here. Taiwan Walker, Kevin, over the past month in Major League Baseball has been terrible. How about his his ex-FIP number above six here? Strikeout pitcher, not that for the last 30 days, only striking out 13% of the batters he's faced. How about his lefty-righty splits here? 34 batters, Kevin. He's faced from a left-hand side. Keep in mind, once again, Taiwan Walker, a right-handed pitcher, a 483 weighted on base percentage. ISO, 419. Absolutely getting rocked. So you say to yourself, can't be as bad right from the right-hand side. Well, not necessarily, but still a 349 weighted on base percentage to right-handed batters and an ISO of 176. Everything is isolated and everything is higher than what it's supposed to be. If I look at last night, and really I'm shocked that that was a 13-1 to final. They really let it get away talking about the New York Mets. Quite frankly, 
I think they might be in for another one tonight. I'll take it. I'll lay it. If you give me minus 150 or less on the Atlanta Braves, I think it's the right play tonight. And I do think that Braves team total certainly will come into play as well. Sometimes as well that the power of the home field advantage checks in for the Atlanta yeah. Braves. has been a team that's been very, very good in their home ballpark there. But the Mets, hard team to fade on a consistent basis. We'll see if they're able to bounce back in 13-1. It's an ugly score line there. We'll see how they match up today. How about Royals-Twins? You know, if this is going to be one of the games that you want to talk about, I'd have to imagine there's going to be some juice in this one here. Sonny Gray versus Zach Ranke. It is Dinger Tuesday. Is, is this game of any consideration for you in the market? Yeah, Minnesota's let me down quite a few times on team totals, but still, if the numbers make some sense, you certainly want to start to back them. Zach Greinke over the past month here, around an x of five, which isn't very good. And again, a low strikeout pitcher. There's the correlation most of the time to see those x numbers. If you're not striking out batters and balls are in play, meaning fly balls, that x number is going to go higher and higher. But if we take a look at the splits, Greinke's been really good, Kevin, against right-handed batters. He's a right-handed pitcher. 246 weighted on base percentage and an ISO of 080 over the past 30 days, but he has struggled with left-handed batters. 38 batters he's faced that weighted on base percentage, a 396. And why is that important tonight? Looks like we're going to have as many as six or more left-handed batters in the lineup for the Minnesota Twins. So if we're taking a look at power numbers, Jake Cave, how about this one? A guy that you probably wouldn't think of here out of the eight hole, a 273 ISO power number versus right-handed pitching over the previous month through 24 at-bats. Not a lot of guys actually line up. You'd say, go ahead and press the lever down. But I do think they can get the Granky at home, and I do think they can get four or more runs to keep in the ballpark to take down a team total. Who is that that we're looking for a home run on there? Jake Cave, right? Eight hole. I don't think they even have his number posted right now. So hopefully they they, they slot that number out there. I don't think it's there you go. It's not there you go. There's nothing to go on. Give me an eight to one. Oh, there's going to be trust. You can't me. name your number. They watch this show. Right now, somebody is watching going, <laughs> Jake Cave plus 700. Enter. There you go. Enter. Is that how it works? We were able to push uh-huh. him uh, to the odds boost yesterday, uh, which was pretty nice again. Yes. So we'll see if we can kind of uh, wield that same power mm-hmm. as we keep breaking it down. Man, how about the difference between being <laughs> in St. Louis and Colorado? Quintana Freeland. I don't know if this was exactly the matchup here that we had at Coors Field. Yeah. But th- these guys were being featured in 11 and a halfs, 12 and yes. a halfs. Got a seven and a hook today here, Donnie. In St. Louis, that feels wrong to me. Yeah, who's can his Quintana must have turned into Sandy Koufax overnight because I guess he's the one weighing down that total right now. But if you look at Freeland, yes, there is a big difference between Coors and St. Louis. But my goodness, like if there's one game where I don't want to say the numbers make sense, because from a pitching perspective, Freeland's been bad over the past 30 days, just based on exit alone, around a five. But his splits aren't devastatingly bad when you take a look between lefties and righties. But when you look at left-handed pitchers going up against the St. Louis Cardinals over the past month, these numbers are out of whack. And let's take a look at the first six batters in the lineup. Keep in mind, 175 or more as an ISO power number is a very good metric to how well you're driving the baseball. Look at these guys. Carlson at 208, O'Neill 333. Goldschmidt, 500, Arenado, 611, Pujols, 524, and DeYoung, a 273. So mix, match, round robin, rotate, parlay, whatever. Those first six guys, we're going to get multiple home runs, or what at least we think should be multiple home runs from multiple guys tonight. I can't wait to see this one play out. 
Low man on the board, Goldschmidt plus 310. Tyler O'Neill mm. plus 340. Arenado plus 360. And then you start to yeah. really, you know, see some of these bigger four to one numbers oh, checked in here ultimately. So uh, keep that in line there today. Could absolutely have some value. Oh, this is fantastic. Certainly enough time. I mean, Pepois got the ball today against Brandon Woodruff. Yeah. It's a big time matchup here between Milwaukee and LA. The Brewers are favored, Dottie. Not a lot yeah. of times. Now we get the dog Dodgers, the Dodger dog famous at uh, Dodger Stadium. Bit of a ripoff. Uh, you got to do all the condiments yourself. I, I, I was not uh, impressed, to be honest with you, yeah, they don't have when I made my trip Dodger out Stadium. there. It's just nice. Yeah. No, it's there. There's Whoever told you that lied to you. Who told you that? Did someone I tell you that, or did you just make that up? Take a shot. No, <laughs> I made that up. I'm speaking that into okay. existence there. All right. Well, uh, certainly a, a lie, a fib, but uh, for Donnie, commonplace. Uh, what do you think here, Woodruff, as a favorite against the L.A. Dodgers? Most people are going to wake up this morning and go, now let me get this straight. The Dodgers are a plus 106. I don't care who's pitching. Kevin Adani could open for the Dodgers tonight, and I would still take the Dodgers. But quite frankly, your boy Pepio here hasn't been all that good. Last 30 days, Kevin, an XFIP of close to eight, of close to eight at this point. Lefties, wow. a 491 weighted on base percentage against him. Righties, a 388. One of the few games you would look at the Brewers and say to yourself, well, how does their lineup match up against right-handed pitching? Because typically you think they can't hit. That's not the case. Look at some of the guys in the lineup tonight versus right-handed pitching over the past 30 days. Yelich, a 382 weighted on base percentage. Telez, 406. Renfro, 386. Wong, 416. Urias, 401. They've actually done some damage. This number checks out, but I bet you there's going to be way more money bet on the Dodgers tonight because they're a plus money number saying, I don't care who's pitching on the mound. When I do think the right play is the Milwaukee Brewers tonight. And if you don't want to go head-to-head or see how it turns out, or team launch angle with the Dodgers actually picks up some runs, the Brewers should score tonight. I don't think the Brewers are going to win this game 3-2. to two. So if they're going to win, they're going to need to score, but they can also lose 6-5. to five. Catch my drift on that one? No catch-up on this one. We're taking the hot dogs, and the dogs are the Dodgers. Nah, Brewers team total. Man, did you get? I mean, did you get yourself lost there or what? Though, I mean, that Look, was we a long walk. Look, man, we were spinning our wheels right there, looking to wait uh-huh. for the exit. Where's the exit at? Nobody knows. <laughs> a long winding road. I had to put down that in trail. There, I'm just. I can't believe, like you know, the, you said hot dog. What's the first thing that popped in my head was people use ketchup on a hot dog, and those out the Certainly. people call the cats up. I mean, I've seen on, it. maniacs. Maniacs. Cats up. I've seen that. That's on the little little Wendy's <laughs> drive through deal there. It says cats oh, up. I don't know what that's about. Does it? Well, what's it? I what's mean, what, yeah, it, yeah, it did. Is that a big apple thing? No. What is that? Uh, now let me. Now, what's your beef with cats up, though, man? I mean, you, I mean, do we have to change? Listen up here. Let me get in the rundown. Start. I mean, come yeah. on now. What are we talking I mean, what, about? What, on listen up today, too. By the way, what is it? Oh, interesting. It's a little NBA Christmas slate thoughts there from you coming up on Listen Up. That should ah, be a good segment. Yeah. Uh, so while everybody gets set up for that, uh, we'll let you know that this should be a fantastic slate of baseball games. The Robbie Ray is back on the mound tonight for the Mariners up against the Angels. The Diamondbacks are at it again late. Donnie right side. We'll make sure that you listen up. Catch up and the NBA is what I'm hearing mm. is on task. 
SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows firsthand how VR training platforms like ForgeFX can help meet the demand for skilled workers. Anywhere you go look, there's going to be a shortage of welders. VR training can help welding students learn the skills they need to begin and advance in their career. The beauty of virtual reality is it simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Explore more stories like Alex's at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. The legends are true. But overwhelming power. The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. All righty, final segment here on a Tuesday for the early line right on the Sports Grid Network Series XM Channel 159 on the grid. Donnie Kevin taking you through from 7 to 9 a.m. before we set up the morning after Ben Stevens and the rest of your Sports Grid programming for the remainder of the day. We understand football season is on the horizon. We talk NCAA football, AP Top 25, Major League Baseball, and even snuck in a little bit of NBA talk, but still, it's the Major League Baseball season. And come on now, Fernando Tatis, you're playing the part of Pinocchio. People, listen up. A Tom Hanks movie is coming out in the month of September. It's called Pinocchio. Yeah, we all remember those old Disney movies as kids. Well, the remake should actually be with Tom Hanks and Fernando Tatis Jr. And why is that? Because when we take a look at Major League Baseball, we know steroids had run rampant through the late 90s and early 2000s, and you try to stamp it out. So Major League Baseball, instead of saying, ah, four games, six games, ten games, it's an 80-game suspension. Fernando Tatis Jr. gets the 80-game suspension. He'll miss the remainder of this season, the playoffs this year, if the Padres do make it in, and the start of next year. But my favorite part about these stories always is the cover-up. They're the funnest part to read about because it isn't a shame Fernando Tatis is not going to play for the Padres if you're a Padres fan. Absolutely. But I love the fact instead of coming out going, hey, look, man, just signed a $300 million contract. I'm trying to live up to this. I'm injured right now. I need to get back onto the field to show my team and teammates and the fans that I am worth it. I took a shortcut here. I shouldn't have done it. I'll accept my 80-game suspension. Instead of saying, man, look, I got a haircut. I got ringworm. I went to a random store and just picked out any steroid cream and rubbed it all over my body. I had no idea what I was doing, and I apologize for that. Stop the madness. Just come out and admit it here. We don't mind it. We can move on as a society here. We love when athletes come out and say, my bad. I made a mistake. I'll learn from it and move on. Don't use the old ringworm haircut. Stop the madness here. Enough with that, Tatis. Get back on the field. We'll see you next year. Stay tuned right now. The morning after coming up with Ben Stevens. 
Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.